Welcome to Continuum, a podcast dedicated to your health. We'll introduce you to individuals throughout the healthcare world, from patients to providers, with a focus on inspiration and education. In this episode, Laura Gousset and Angela Halpern of LSVT Global join us to discuss LSVT Loud and LSVT Big, therapy programs for patients diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Angela and Laura discuss the goals of each program, the research behind the programs, and how Parkinson's patients can find an LSVT certified therapist. We are also joined by Bob Brown, a Parkinson's patient whose life has been changed by the LSVT programs. Uh, Welcome, everyone. Uh, Today is really special. We are talking LSVT. We have Laura Gousset, Angela Halpern, and Bob Brown, who is a Parkinson's patient. They're going to be talking us through what LSVT is, uh, how it works, where it came from, and uh, the day-to-day benefits of practicing LSVT. So without further ado, I'm just going to have each of you introduce yourselves, talk a little bit about what you do and why. And so I think we'll start with Laura. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having us today. Um, My name is Laura Gousset, and I am a physical therapist. I work full-time for LSVT Global as their chief clinical officer over LSVT Big, which is the physical and occupational therapy uh, treatment protocol for people with Parkinson's disease. And so I teach for LSVT Global and also help with some of the uh, business and course administration related to LSVT Big. That sounds great. And thanks again for joining us today. Angela, how about you? Yes, um, I am a speech-language pathologist, and I'm the Chief Clinical Officer with LSVT Loud, and one of the faculty with LSVT Global, so um, training and certifying other speech therapists in how to deliver LSVT Loud. I also have a private practice for um, speech-language pathology, and also work at our research lab in Denver, where a lot of the research conducted behind the LSBT loud treatment, um, we'll touch on some of that today, was conducted. Awesome. And I've been with LSBT since about 2000, so very passionate about it and love what I do. Excellent. Uh, It's great to have both of you. Uh, And last but not least, we have Bob, who who is a a Parkinson's patient. And uh, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Bob Brown, and uh, I was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's about 11 years ago, and I am the beneficiary of all the good work that Laura and uh, uh, Angela has to talk to us about today. Awesome. Welcome, Bob. It's really, uh, really special to have you with us. So let's jump right into it. Laura or Angela, whoever wants to jump on this one first, what is LSVT? Sure, I'm happy to take that one. So LSVT is an acronym that stands for Lee Silverman Voice Treatment. And Lee Silverman was a woman who had Parkinson's, and this treatment was inspired by her and therefore uh, named after her and dedicated to her. The treatment initially started off purely as a speech therapy treatment protocol, so it was a voice treatment. 
Um, and later on, we developed a parallel treatment for physical and occupational therapists focusing on movement, and now that is called LSVT Big, and LSVT Loud is the original speech treatment. So these are treatment protocols uh, specifically provided by speech therapists, physical therapists, and occupational therapists to help people with Parkinson's um, to be able to speak more clearly and understandably with a louder, more normal volume, and to be able to move uh, more normally with more normal size movements um, that you would see of a person without Parkinson's. All right. So you've mentioned uh, patients with Parkinson's. Who would this not be for? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So really, it, uh, who it's for is much broader than it than who it's not for. So all of our research primarily has been focused on Um, people with idiopathic Parkinson's disease, but it's also been extended to people with other neurological conditions, such as some of the atypical Parkinsonism, such as um, progressive supranuclear palsy, um, multisystem atrophy, um, Lewy body dementia, and some of the other more rare forms of atypical Parkinsonism. We've also used it um, successfully on certain individuals who had a stroke or sometimes have multiple sclerosis and there's smaller studies on LSVT loud related to cases where that has been helpful for. Um, in terms of who it's not good for, um, really the only specific diagnoses um, that we would think of for physical and occupational therapy would be ALS. Um, Okay. But I'll let Angela speak to a diagnosis for speech. And the other thing we actually do, too, within the treatment is do something called stimulability testing. And really, it helps us as therapists to identify who's going to be a good responder. And so we look at, can we stimulate them to move bigger or talk louder? And is that movement or voice uh, more normal, a more healthier movement, a more healthier voice? Um, and I'll let Angela talk a little bit more specifically about the limitations um, with diagnoses specific to LSVT loud. Thank you. So it really is a case-by-case kind of situation. Angela, what can you tell us about how this applies to LSVT loud? Yes, for LSVT loud, we would also um, say that it's contraindicated for individuals with ALS and also myasthenia gravis. Those would be two um, uh, that would have some contraindications. And then, as Laura mentioned, um, you know, the treatment was originally developed for people with Parkinson's, but we do have this wider application to other neurological disorders. And we have the wealth of our research on Parkinson's, but small group studies, case studies to some of these other neurological disorders. And then for LSVT loud, um, we have some small group studies for children with CP and children with Down syndrome as well. So let's bring things over to Bob so we can get a sense of really how all this stuff applies to uh, actual patients in the real world. So Bob, can you tell us a little bit of what your life was like before LSVT Loud and LSVT Big? I sure can. Um, Maybe three terms, three words that really uh, guide me in this conversation. One was life was discouraging. 
Uh, it seemed like I was losing track and contact with friends and coworkers. Uh, life was difficult. Uh, no matter how hard I tried, I seemed to be losing ground to this thing we call Parkinson's. And it was very stressful for me because I was still working and uh, teaching at a college, and uh, I was having trouble with the students understanding or hearing what I was saying in the classroom. Mm. So coming uh, into the big and to the loud groupings, I've taken care of that as long as I keep working anyway at it. Right. Um, I, uh, my voice is stronger than it was before I even was, I think, uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's. <laughs> and um, uh, it, uh, people hear me, which is great because now I'm entrusted in meetings, and, um, and so it, um, it's very strong information that is provided in these uh, classes for loud and for big, and it is just an amazing turnaround in my case. Oh, that's great to hear. So, Angela, what do these, what do these treatments entail? Yes. So, um, as Laura mentioned, LSBP Loud is the voice and speech treatment. LSBP Big is the physical occupational therapy. And so, they're separate therapies, but they're based on the same principles. And so, the principles involve directly targeting the deficits that are seen in Parkinson's disease of hypokinesia, which is this reduced amplitude of movement, and bradykinesia, slowness of movement. So in the treatments, we target the hypokinesia by increasing amplitude across the motor speech system for LSVT loud or in the limbs with increased amplitude for LSVT big. And then the therapies are based on principles of neuroplasticity and motor learning. So we see from those principles that high effort, intensive mode of treatment is really important for making long-lasting change. So the treatments are delivered four times a week for four weeks, one-hour individual sessions with a certified therapist to really target that intensity. And then we also see from principles of neuroplasticity that saliency is also essential for that long-lasting change. So the, while the treatments themselves are based on the specific protocol that's been heavily researched, an essential component is that each within the treatments are individualized for each person. So the treatment activities are really personalized based on people's individual goals and hobbies and interests. And so, for example, in speech treatment, um, some more traditional speech treatments would rely more on workbooks where everyone was reading the same thing. With LSVT Loud, it's very important that all the conversation and reading activities that people do are personalized for that individual. So we say leave those workbooks on the shelf and make the activities very personal. And then I'll let Laura talk in a second about, you know, that personalization for LSVT Big as well. And that's also a part of what makes the treatment um, so much fun. Mm. So, and then as far as what happens in the treatment session, LSBT Loud and LSBT Big each incorporate a set of core daily exercises that set up that foundation for increasing this amplitude. And then from that core exercise, there's these personalized activities that are developed on top of that. 
So I'll touch briefly about an LSBT Loud session and then turn it over to Laura for LSBT Big. Fantastic. With LSBT Loud, the first half of the session has these core exercises of sustained phonation, pitch stretches, because in Parkinson's disease, people's voices can become monotone, so we're targeting that. And then a set of phrases that people say every day that serve as their target to remembering this new voice outside of the treatment room. And then the second half of the session is all focused on those personalized reading and conversation activities that start simple and gradually get more complex so people um, get success every step of the way and it's feasible and achievable with the ultimate goal being a normal loudness voice in functional conversation. And then we do some cognitive activities sprinkled in um, amongst all those activities as well. LSVT loud is called loud because in Parkinson's disease, there's a sensory mismatch. So people with Parkinson's, when they're speaking, the voice is reduced in loudness. But to the person with Parkinson's, that voice feels normal. And when we get someone to a normal loudness voice, they'll say, I can't talk like this. I feel like I'm shouting. And so a big part of what we work on in treatment is helping to retrain that sensory mismatch or recalibrate so this voice that we hear as normal, the person starts to feel comfortable with. And so we incorporate those types of calibration activities as well. So we're never getting someone to a yell or a scream. It's always normal loudness. And the therapists are trained a lot into how to get that voice with really good, healthy, normal vocal loudness. So let Laura explain LSVT big in a bit more detail. Thanks, Angela. Sure, sure. Thanks. So the LSVT big protocol was really based off of the LSVT loud protocol. Um, After LSVT loud had been found and validated in the research to be really effective, the thought was, boy, if this really works so well for the speech motor system, could we apply it to movement or the limb motor system? And so the structure of our sessions is is very similar. We start off with a core set of exercises for the whole body working on all directions of movement, so forward, backward, sideways, rotation, um, because we use all those movements in everyday life. Um, They involve the arms, the limbs, the trunk, down to the fingers and toes. So really the whole body, we're working on activating it. And for people that um, are very early in their Parkinson's disease, we make those exercises very challenging. We might add weights or um, balance challenges or cognitive challenges to really um, intensify the treatment, which we think drives that brain change. And for people that have mobility challenges or more in advanced stages of the disease, we can adapt those exercises to make it safe and suit their needs and abilities. So we might do them in a seated position or in some cases even in a lying down position. So they're um, still individualized for every person, even though they are um, the same seven core exercises. So those are the foundation, uh, just like the LSVT Loud session has foundation of those exercises. And after that, we make no assumptions that a person is going to carry over into function. Um, And that's something that really differentiates the LSVT big protocol from other general exercise approaches is that we really identify things that 
the person with Parkinson's maybe struggles with, um, such as tying their shoes or, or riding or getting up from a low recliner chair, for example. Um, and we practice those things, and we practice them over and over and over again to get them to the point where they can do them um, quite normally with, with normal amplitude. So we do a lot of functional practice and what we call functional component movements and, and hierarchy tasks that are very much personalized to each individual. Within every session, we also do um, some big walking. And so for some people, this could be walking over all types of uneven terrain around obstacles. And for other people, we're really working on shorter distances that are more common to their household environment. We might be um, specifically working on issues of freezing of gait, um, which is a phenomenon that occurs frequently in Parkinson's disease. And we work on strategies that will improve their safety and, and reduce their risk of falling as well. And then lastly, within every session, both for LSVT Loud and LSVT Big, our patients are given... Um, what are called carryover assignments. And we know, just like Angela said, that it's uncomfortable. If a person really senses inside that their voice is too loud or their movement feels too big, even though it isn't, it takes a lot of, um, a lot of practice to get to the point where they feel comfortable using those bigger movements outside of therapy in everyday life. And so we have carryover assignments that we say today... We want you to go home and use your bigger voice or your bigger movements in this very specific way that we assign to them. And we give them a different homework assignment every single day of the month so that they can practice using that louder voice and bigger movement um, every single day in a brand new way. And then our patients all get homework of practicing their home exercises at home every day, just like they would take their medicine to help their Parkinson's symptoms every day. Um, so that's kind of LSVT big in, in a nutshell, um, and I, I think that it's a lot to get in one hour, but what we've seen with our <laughs> patients is that even after that first week of treatment, um, most patients are already seeing a really remarkable improvement. Excellent. So it does. It sounds relative to, uh, I would say, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy for uh, someone without Parkinson's or some kind of situation where they would need LSVT. That the uh, the evaluation, uh, because you qualify the patient so much more to again ad- adapt the treatment to their uh, their their particular situation or case. How does the evaluation? differ initially? Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll start and I'll pass the baton to Angela. Um, our evaluations are typically an hour, whether you're an occupational therapist or a physical therapist, and we use some of the same outcome um, assessment tools that we would use if we weren't doing LSVT big, but we have a, a different set of glasses on. Right. And so throughout that treatment session, we're really observing the patient very closely, just observe their posture, observe their movement, and observe not only how fast did they get out of the chair, but what was their movement pattern like? Mm. Was it, were they getting up normally? Was it taking them several tries? Were they walking with very small steps or normal steps? How was their turning, etc.? And so um, that observation of movement is, is really, really important. 
For LSVT Loud, the assessment is also one hour, and um, using some of the common voice um, evaluation techniques that would be used, but as Laura said, with this different set of glasses on, um, and but the assessment can can all happen within that one hour time frame. And Laura also mentioned that stimulability testing. So that's a part of the assessment protocol. You know, if someone has Parkinson's disease and I'm, I'm looking at would, um, what voice and speech treatment, LSVT Loud has the most research behind it for voice and speech treatments. So if they have Parkinson's, I'm probably going to proceed with LSVT Loud. But okay. if it's one of these other neurological disorders, that stimulability testing becomes really important to see, does this have an impact? Does it help to improve intelligibility, quality um, of voice and speech for them? And then with Parkinson's disease, the thing that, that makes LSVT loud and LSVT big uh, really fun to see immediately is this physiological substrate's intact for these individuals, meaning that if someone has reduced loudness with an external cue to get to normal loudness, I can immediately get someone to that level with my cueing. And so you can see right away, typically within that hour, the, the impact and um, potential the treatments can have, which is a lot of fun um, yeah. for the person with Parkinson's, too, to immediately see, wow, I haven't heard my voice sound like this in a really long time. That's where the 16 sessions really comes into play as being important because we can see these immediate changes with our external cues. Yeah. But with Parkinson's, then what we work on for the next month is helping our patients to take that and internally cue so they can do those behaviors on their own. All right. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the data that supports these kinds of treatments. Yeah, so for um, LSBT Loud, I'll start with that first. Um, as I mentioned, it's, it has a wealth of research behind it. It's the only speech treatment for Parkinson's disease with level one evidence, which is considered the gold standard of evidence. There are now three published randomized controlled trials um, looking at not only short-term outcomes immediately after the treatment, but also long-term outcomes. So we have data at six months, at 12 months, at 24 months. And so this really gives the credibility in the medical community and confidence that the treatment can work and last. It, the research has happened over the past 20 years with funding from the National Institutes of Health, um, Michael J. Fox Foundation, and other organizations. So that also speaks to the high level of rigor for the review behind the treatment protocol. And then with LSVT Loud in our published research, not only have we seen improvements in the vocal loudness, but we also see this, what we call spreading of effects across the system. So by a single variable of think loud um, for the person with Parkinson's, clinically and in our research, we've seen improvements in articulation, improvements in rate, improvements in intonation and respiration. And then really exciting, we have some preliminary data that's shown improvement in facial expression following the treatment, um, swallowing, and also some brain imaging studies showing um, changes in brain function following the treatment. So with all this research support, um, and I know we'll get into this next topic in a bit, but um, this is one of the reasons we have training and certification for therapists, because 
For the people who are receiving the treatment, we want to make sure if they're receiving the treatment in Germany or in Japan or in the United States, that everyone is delivering the treatment the same way to really maintain that fidelity of treatment. Right. And I'll turn it over to Laura to talk about LSVT Big Research. Sure. So the LSVT Big Research is newer. Um, the very first research started in the early 2000s. Um, and since that time, we have three randomized control trials um, that have been done on LSVT Big and at least 10 smaller studies. Um, and so it, it's a definitely a good start with that. Some of our newest studies have been looking at application to individuals with um, stroke, and now we have also some studies looking at impact on um, early PD, um, improvement in dual tasking and walking, improvement in postural control, and also improvement in activities of daily living um, such as bed mobility and dexterity. And every year we continue to see um, new articles come out on that as well. And so it's a very exciting time to um, be in physical therapy and see just the, the wealth of growth and information related to um, treatment options for people with Parkinson's disease. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, just the the magnitude of all the data and research that goes into supporting programs like LSVT, Big and Loud. So, Bob, you touched on this a little bit earlier, uh, but with all now that we have a a solid foundation on what uh, LSVT, Loud and LSVT, Big are. Uh, again, walk us through how your life has changed since starting these programs. I've, I've um, two words to guide me on this section, and one is this: pro- these programs give us hope, hope that we may not have without these programs, hope for our future, hope for what we can do, what we can accomplish as patients of Parkinson's. And it also allows us to be empowered. We don't have to stay at home and be hidden away all day. We, we can get out. We can work. We can mix with uh, people and our friends and our families. And that is so important. Mm-hmm. Parkinson's in the past, I think, has taken uh, the, the way of taking those things away from us. So today... Uh, I, I can work if I want to, although I'm retired. But let me, if I can, just tell a quick story about how important this this work is. Um, I was selected as faculty of the year at a small college. And as faculty, I was asked to give the speech for the faculty's presentation to the students. We went to an open-air stadium. 2,000 people were there. And when I was done with my speech, not one person came up to me and said that they could not hear me. They all said my voice was strong. They heard everything. In that open, crowded environment, I succeeded because of the work of Angela and Laura and these two programs. That's awesome to hear. That's how it changed my life today from when I was first diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's. Well, it doesn't get much better than that. That's really awesome to hear. Uh, so, obviously, as you as you've all mentioned, there's there's a certain uh, length of time for the actual therapies. 
but at some point the patient does go home or or and and you know as as you've also mentioned they do have home practice to do and so what makes that so critical uh, to the success for a patient going through LSVT loud or big? Right. Thank you for ask, asking that question. Um, it is critical for, for maintenance of symptoms. And the analogy we give to patients is exercise really is medicine. And you can see every day how the medicine you take helps your symptoms um, with Parkinson's. And you would never leave that medicine in your pocket um, thinking that it's magically going to work if it's left in your pocket. And so the same goes with your voice and movement exercises related to LSVT loud and LSVT big. Patients that do their exercises consistently, and it really doesn't take a lot of time, it's 15 to 20 minutes once a day after they're done with therapy, um, reap huge benefits in being able to maintain that healthier movement and healthier voice over time. So, and we give them tools to support them in that daily practice. Um, the, all of our patients that go through the LSVT program have an option to get an LSVT Loud or LSVT Big Homework Helper DVD, or they can stream it online. And recently, we've also started um, brand-new classes called Loud for Life and Big for Life, which mm. Angela and Bob can certainly attest to, um, that are... A, really great way for individuals to gather together and practice their exercises in a socially engaging um, group environment after they've completed these protocols. So it really is the key to, you know, just like going to the dentist to um, get your teeth clean and, you know, really get your mouth healthy, but then it's your job to do your brushing and flossing every day to help maintain that, that health over time. And it's really exactly the same for our programs as well. Right. So is is there difficult, we're going to talk about loud for life and big for life in a moment, but in general, is there difficulty getting buy-in or, or, or patients to commit to uh, these, these practices at home? I know it can be the case with other yeah. forms of therapy, but this is, this is different. Yeah, it, it is different. I, I think the buy-in is always there because um, people that go through these programs have such huge improvements in a very short amount of time that by the time they get done with 16 sessions of therapy, which, you know, at the outset seems like a lot of therapy in one month, they don't want to quit. Um, they, they love the improvements that they've made and the motivation that they get from their therapist. And um, really, they, they love coming to therapy by the end. And so when That's we great. show them you know, their pre-post videos of how much their movement has changed or um, let them listen to the improvements in their voice, um, the buy-in is there. You know, they're motivated to continue with it. But on the other hand, we all know that we're all humans, and each one of us, regardless of who we are, has to make that choice every day to do our daily exercises to keep our bodies healthy and so that's why we've created some of these tools and resources and programs um, to help support people in the long term um, maintaining those gains. Excellent. Yeah, it's got to be wild for, for, for folks to see the before and after videos. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. So, but, so resources available, like, like we've 
mentioned, there's Loud for Life and then there's Big for Life. Can you tell us more about uh, each of those? Sure. I can start with Loud for Life, and uh, Bob can probably touch on this a little bit, too. I run a group here in Denver, and he's been participating in that group. Um, it's just, it, it, it's really a fantastic way to help people maintain what they learned in treatment. So the classes are for people who have graduated from LSBT Loud, or in the case of Big for Life, graduated from LSBT Big. So it's not meant to teach the techniques. It's meant to be a way to help people to continue to practice the techniques they've learned. So in Loud for Life, the first half, we do some of those core exercises together, really helping people remember the amplitude, the loudness needed to keep the good, strong voice. And then the second half of the hour um, for our weekly classes is, once again, focused on what's personal and salient and important to the people in the class. So I always ask them, what are your current communication goals? And then I structure activities around that. So in my class, um, a lot of people will say things such as, you know, I do pretty well keeping my voice loud in a normal, expected, conversational situation, but when I'm not sure what the context is or if it's a loud environment or quick turn-taking, it's hard for me to remember to be loud. So one example that we'll do is I'll have impromptu speeches, and they'll partner up in groups, and we'll turn on music in the background, and everyone, because there's partner groups, it's noisy, they have to pull a speech topic out of the hat, stand up, talk to the people in their group, give that speech for one to two minutes. So it's incorporating all those target things. Right. So who comes up? I'm sorry. Who comes up with these different activities uh, and and how are they developed? I mean, obviously, they stem from the actual therapies uh, at at the clinics or or the uh, facilities. How how do those kind of come to life? Well, um, from me, (laughs) (laughs) ideas, I look at what do people want to work on, and then we try to come up with activities for that. I've had some wonderful graduate students in SLP programs who work here at the research lab, and they've been really helpful and creative ideas. And the people in the class come up with great ideas. They'll say, hey, what if we tried this? When to do lead a loud for life class, we do have an online training program for LSBT loud therapists so they see how to do the class. And what we're doing with that is also to develop a repository where all the instructors can share ideas um, of things that they found that that work well. Um, With the classes on touching on the maintenance, people by far say in the class that when they're coming to class weekly, they practice more. They still continue to do their daily practice. It reminds them to do it. It boosts it because they know they're going to see everyone in the class on Mondays. Um, Also, the camaraderie and the support and the encouragement from everyone in the class. So I can tell someone over and over, yes, your voice really sounds great. It's not too loud. It sounds wonderful. But, for example, if Bob says that to someone else in our class, the expression I see on that person's face and the impact that his compliment has on them goes so much further than imagine. saying yeah. it. So that encouragement is huge. Yeah. What a wonderful collaboration, too, between both the patients and, and the therapists and clinicians. That's, that's really, really cool to hear. It, it's really one of the highlights <laughs> of my week. I love it. Oh, that's so awesome. All uh, right. So... What is the long-term success of LSVT treatments? Yes, yeah, so I can speak to LSVT loud. 
Um, so research-wise, we have research data out to two years from these randomized controlled trials. And um, that's not to say treatment results don't last longer than that, but that's how long it was studied in a research setting, which when you look at a randomized controlled trial for voice and speech treatment, uh, there aren't other um, trials that have gone out that far. Um, so it's really great that we have that data. Right, yeah. Clinically, what I see is when people continue to do their practice, um, results can last for years and years. So, for example, Bob and I worked together, uh, I think it's been about eight years ago, Bob. Did we yes. decide? Yeah. Uh -huh. And as you can hear from his voice, still nice and strong. Now, granted, Bob is a rock star. He has embraces <laughs> and he practices and he comes weekly to Loud for Life. But, I mean, this was about eight years ago that we first worked mm. together and he still has this great, strong voice. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, and for LSVT Big, the research is newer. Um, the randomized control trial, that's our primary one, called the Berlin Big Study, looked at results up to 16 weeks following treatment. Um, and so I think with all of these, it's really encouraging and motivating when you consider Parkinson's disease as a neurodegenerative condition by nature. Mm. And so when you look at the ability to maintain and even improve function over time, it, it's, really, um, it's really incredible. Our first LSVT big training certification course was just in 2007, which doesn't seem so long ago. Um, so we've had clinicians providing therapy to patients since that time. And as part of the LSVT protocols, it's not just a one and done. Like you're seen for, you know, one month of intensive treatment and then your therapist never sees you again. Um, typically, patients are seen back every um, six months on average, there's a range. It can be from three to 12 months for a short tune-up sessions. And for patients that have really followed this schedule long-term, it's just like Angela has said, it's really remarkable the impact that continued exercise has on the symptom progression in people with Parkinson's disease. Wow. wow. That's very, very true. The uh, These two programs, it do not uh, say anything about cure, but what it says is that we're going to help you progress. We're going to help you keep in active. And uh, so if there comes a day there is a cure, we'll all be ready for it. Right, I'm sure, yeah. But, yeah, this is really just a, a wealth of knowledge. I really thank everyone for sharing uh, their expertise, their experiences. This has been great. It's It's time to wind down a little bit, but we still have a few things to go over. And I think the first question that any audience member at this point would have is, where do you find an LSVT certified clinician? Yes. So you can find LSVT certified clinicians on the LSVT Global website. And so that website is just www.lsvtglobal.com. When you go to the website, there's a big orange button that pops up on the top that says find a certified clinician. You can click on that. It'll take you to a page where you put in your zip code. You indicate if you want an LSVT big or LSVT loud clinician, and it will populate clinicians near you. So it's a wonderful search tool. 
If for some reason clinicians don't come up um, near you, then what you can also do is contact our office. And that number is 888-438-5788. And they'll be happy to help connect and, and help you find somebody. Perfect. Thank you. And so uh, insurance, uh, another probably heavy question for some. Uh, Can we expect insurance to cover treatments like LSVT? Yes, very popular question, but very, very important question as well. There are no specific billing codes for LSVT. It's billed specifically um, as therapy under typical therapy billing codes for speech, physical, or occupational therapy. And so our best general advice to our patients is to say, look at your insurance policy and look at what the therapy benefits are. And if you have um, therapy benefits that would cover, um, you know, 16 sessions of therapy and an evaluation, then LSVT should be a covered treatment for you. Um, And then work individually with the facility where you're receiving treatment because they will typically help you to do Um, some background check and to see if you have coverage for therapy as well. Um, Medicare does not have a visit limit uh, for therapy. They expect that therapy is going to be skilled and uh, reasonable and medically necessary and usually for people with Parkinson's disease because of the nature of the condition. um, It's we've had no problem um, getting it covered through through Medicare. Um, but it's always on a case-by-case basis, and if you have sure. questions on whether it might be covered for you, the best thing to do is to really talk to the therapist who is evaluating you and help them to to assess that. Cool. Excellent. So it's very obvious that both LSVT Big and LSVT Loud are tremendous value adds to any rehab clinic. Uh so if I'm a therapist and I'm practicing at a facility and there isn't an LSVT program, how would I become certified to begin the process of implementing the LSVT programs? Sure. So the, the great thing is there are a couple different ways that you can get certified. And what I'm going to say applies to both LSVT Loud and LSVT Big. We do live training and certification courses, and those are scattered across the nation at various locations, and I'll explain how to find all this on the website in a second. We also do them internationally, so we um, do the courses across the globe. The live courses are a two-day course, and it's interactive. There are lab portions, lecture portions, and on day two of the course, we invite people with Parkinson's disease and their caregivers to a lecture about LSVT Loud or LSVT Big, and then they stay, if they so choose, for a hands-on um, exercise portion with the therapist. So the therapists get a chance to actually practice what they've been learning. We awesome. also have the flexibility of online learning, which has become quite popular, and a lot of therapists really enjoy. They don't have travel costs. Um, they don't have to... Um, take time off from work. They can do it in the evenings or weekends in their pajamas, um, and they can go back and review modules. The online courses are the same core content as the live course, same slide set, um, and they're supplemented with more treatment videos since there's not that hands-on portion. 
And so to find out about live or online courses on our website, once again, if you go to the LSBT Global website, there'll be a button in the top right, and it says Get Certified. If you click on that, it will take you, you decide, you know, type in if you're a speech therapist, physical or occupational therapist, and then it lists options for live and online learning, and we'll list all those live course options. And then if people just want to learn more, um, we have a wealth of resources on the website about the research studies, videos, articles, information. And then we also offer free monthly webinars on a variety of topics. Um, So we have those available to the public. And so people with Parkinson's or therapists can tune into any of those free webinars as well. Perfect. Thank you. So, Bob, the rock star. Let's let's uh-huh. let's wrap this up with you. <laughs> what advice do you have for patients with Parkinson's? What has worked for me to this point is a number of items. One is to stay active, be involved, do something. There are a number of Parkinson's research uh, programs out there that uh, are looking for people uh, to work with them, to uh, be subjects with. Get out there and volunteer. We need your help. Don't be afraid. Ask for help from others. Uh, people are more than happy to help you put your coat on, uh, to uh, button a button that, will, that you have difficulties with. Uh, people are good about that. Uh, keep working. Uh, get into classes such as big and loud. And the main thing, I think, is to continue to laugh. When uh, work, we laugh every day. Mm-hmm. Continue to love and continue to live. We are going to beat this thing. We just need everybody to pitch in and help us with it. And thank you so much for having me here today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, Bob, thank you so much for, for, for joining us. It's, this has been, a, you know, Parkinson's is such a scary thing. And but I'll be honest, uh, after 50 minutes, I don't have quite the anxiety that I might have had beforehand. This is extraordinarily encouraging to hear. And I think anybody uh, suffering from from Parkinson's themselves or who has a loved one uh, doing research and getting caught up with uh, with what's going on with LSVT uh, is is a major major deal, and I, I really encourage anyone to to do just that. So, uh, folks, I really I can't thank you enough, all of you, for for joining us and sharing your knowledge, your experiences, uh, your wisdom. Uh, this has been great. Just thank you so well, much I- for allowing us to have the opportunity to to talk and to share information, and as Bob said, to really just share that that hope and that sense of empowerment. Um, that you can have over Parkinson's disease. Awesome. Yes, that, that's exactly my sentiment as well. There, there are things that can be done to improve communication and movement. There are things to be done to take control and have empowerment. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to share this. Absolutely. And again, just a reminder, uh, for more information on LSVT, <laughs> both big and loud, it is lsvtglobal.com until next time thank you everyone we'll catch you soon bye now
Our guests today were Laura Gousset and Angela Halpern of LSVT Global, and Bob Brown, a Parkinson's disease patient. To learn more about LSVT Loud and LSVT Big, check out the show notes on the Continuum blog at fiberhealthcare.com blog. If you enjoyed our conversation with Laura, Angela, and Bob, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget to subscribe to receive new episodes as they're released.